are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening everybody? What's good? It's your girl Janon right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they are now. So what's happening, everybody? What's good? As always, I'm just so happy to be here today. Today is our last episode of the year. I mean, that's pretty exciting and sad at the same time. But I mean, you know, another great year is coming to an end. But a even better year is coming up is yeah is about to start and that's just phenomenal you know there's always good things to look forward to and uh, you know you might probably think to yourself Janon how come you've become so philosophical and you know thing you know (laughs) yeah it's weird because you know ever since I started you know kind of obsessing over Bruce Lee's philosophies and his way of um, teaching martial arts I guess I've become like that, and I'm actually reading his book, which is called Tao of um, Jeet Kune Do. So, just like we talked about in our previous episodes, I don't know which episode we talked about, but we definitely talked about this on TKO. Um, so, Bruce Lee, um, initially, you could say, he got started with um, traditional kung fu or just um, traditional wushu you could say and um you know he was um just pursuing that for for a few um, a few decades of his life and then he actually met this um uh, this kung fu master from the shaolin temple and um in real life when he actually got to battle this guy and actually fight this guy privately okay we don't know what actually went down but all we do know is that after that fight with the Kung Fu Master from the Shaolin Temple, um, Bruce Lee actually changed his ways when it came to just um, life, you know, philosophies of life and the way that he was um, conducting martial arts. And he, you could say, he, he kind of came up with his own martial arts, but this is kind of wrong to say because Bruce Lee's main motto for life, you could say, is to have no way as way and no limitation as limitation and um, you know you can't we can't really call it a method or a style or anything but I don't know just this is what Bruce Lee just kind of decided to name this and that was Jeet Kune Do and um, actually Jeet Kune Do you could say I mean so okay pretty much Jeet Kune Do what it is is that it's just the philosophy combined with martial arts but you know, what makes Jeet Kune Do kind of different from other martial arts, from other traditional martial martial arts, is that Jeet Kune Do, many would actually consider it as the great-grandfather or the grandfather of the current mixed martial arts. So that's just a huge thing. And, um, you know, we could not, I mean, personally, as an MMA fan and just as a combat sports fan and a martial arts fan, I could not thank Bruce Lee enough for what he gave us 
you know, back in the day by just coming up with Jeet Kune Do. And not only that, not just the martial arts aspect of it, but also the philosophy aspect of it. I mean, I already told you guys before uh, about how um, great uh, Bruce Lee's ph- uh, philosophies of life are. And if you actually combine it with the with the sports aspect of it and the physicality um, aspect of it, it's just going to change your life forever. And actually, you know, I've been reading his book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do. And, um, you know, I'm still in the beginning of the book and I haven't really finished it yet. But so far, it's just been phenomenal. And, um, you know, it's a, it's definitely a good read, especially for, you know, during the holiday break. So I would say I would definitely recommend everybody to just, you know, just give it a give it a Google search at least. And just um, read a little bit about what Bruce Lee tried to advocate. You know, what sort of things was he trying to tell the entire world? What was his main message for, you know, during his entire life? And, um, you know, just like I said, so far, so good. The book has been amazing. And um, I think in our 50th episode, I guess I have to talk about it here on uh, TKO if I actually do get to finish it. But yeah, man. So, yeah, Bruce Lee is a real man and um, is a real OG, you could say. And um, yeah, I cannot thank him enough for all the uh, principles that he's teaching um, or should I say taught when it came to Jeet Kune Do and all the philosophy behind it too. So yeah, man, there's that. Man, did I even talk about what we have lined up for today? So today we are going to be exclusively breaking down the fights that are going to be happening on the main card of UFC 219 in Vegas. So it's going to be the last fight card of the year, uh, you know, especially if you're talking about UFC. But that's not all, actually. So if you if you're a fan of um, Japanese mixed martial arts, so Ryzen is also just like last year. Ryzen is also having their last event of the year, or yeah. So um, I don't know how 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 it's gonna work time zone wise because you know when we're actually in the new year, there are still. Yeah. Okay, never mind. It just really messes up with your mind. But anyway, I guess you can roughly consider it the last fight card of the year too. So that one would also consider be considered for uh, as the last fight card of the year. So there's UFC 219 and then there's the Ryzen fight card. So UFC 219 actually happens first. And then if you want to catch up with Ryzen, it's going to be happening right after. So you can, I guess you can catch it at like one in the morning the next day. So yeah, if you want to actually watch both of these fight cards, then I would say you're not going to get any sleep during that night, which I guess is kind of unusual because you're you're going to be staying up anyway for, for the new year and whatnot if you're going to parties or whatever. But I mean, yeah, this is this is a good way to stay up for the entire night, especially if you're a fights fan. So yeah, there's that. I don't think I'm going to be talking about the Rising fight, fight card because... You know, that's just going to take a lot of time, but we are for sure talking about some of the fights that are going to be happening on the main card of UFC 219. And this fight card is actually going to be headlined by a featherweight championship bout between the current featherweight champion, the current ladies featherweight champion, you could say, um, in the UFC, Chris Cyborg, and she's going to be fighting the former bantamweight champion of the UFC, Holly Holm. And yeah, so I'm definitely going to be give you guys, um, especially if you haven't heard uh, about some of the people that I'm going to be talking about today, I'm definitely going to be giving you a little bit of background about each, just a brief background so that we actually get time to talk about all the fights I'm going to be talking about today. 
you know, so that you're not confused and um, you actually know what's going on. What else, man? And um, yeah, if we have some extra time, I'm going to give you some predictions or, you know, what sort of things we might be expecting in the upcoming year in terms of some of the potential matchups and MMA, especially. I'm not sure if we're going to be having time again uh, to talk about other combat sports like boxing or, you know, so many other combat sports. But these are the things that we have mainly lined up for today. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Yeah, I bet you heard that. Yeah, so the boxing, even the boxing ring, um, the the or the bell ring, whatever. <laughs> even that is telling us that it's time to go, man. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Okay, so what do we have over here? So actually, this is really weird because even though the fight, the UFC 219 fight card is just about the corner, we don't really know which fights are happening on the main card and which fights are happening on the preliminary card. So that's just kind of really, really weird. It's just so, you know, you wouldn't expect such a thing from the UFC, especially because it's, you know, especially when a fight card is towards, towards the end of the year, you would expect it to be the one of the best selling ones out there for the year. So you would really try to promote it or do something to actually sell the fight card but in this case i don't know what the ufc is doing they're not even properly um you know scheduling or not scheduling but actually listing the fights because we don't know which ones are happening on the main card or which ones are actually happening on the preliminary card but all we do know for the last three fights of the card we do know them okay so those are the ones that i'm going to be mainly talking about today okay so the first fight that I'm going to be talking about today for UFC 219 is going to be a fight between the number four contender and the uh, 135 division for men. So the bantamweight division is going to be a fight between Jimmy Rivera and John Lineker, the number six contender in the bantamweight division for men's. So actually, this fight was supposed to be happening between Jimmy Rivera and the former bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz. But Dominic Cruz got injured just a few weeks before. And um, now John Lineker is actually um, just filling in his spot and he's actually going to be fighting Jimmy Rivera. Now, if you ask me this, you know, if you ask me, um, you know, how tough of a fight is this going to be for Jimmy Rivera? If you ask me this question, like, last year or a year and a half ago i would say this would be a really tough fight for jimmy rivera because john lineker is such a tough opponent but right now you know right now as a reality if you actually ask me is this going to be a really tough fight for jimmy rivera well i would tell you no not so much it's, it is going to be uh, presenting his own challenges his own distinct challenges to jimmy rivera but right now john lineker isn't as dangerous as a fighter as he used to be and i say this because um as a recently john lineker has lost his uh, has lost a few fights here and there to some some other people in the bantamweight division and um you know some people might not actually consider him uh, you know uh, the the uh, the dangerous fighter that he used to be and maybe maybe we're wrong maybe we're right but personally as 
I wouldn't call myself self an expert, but let's just say as a fan, I would say Jimmy Rivera has a really high chance of winning against John Lineker because he has uh, he has fought against t- really tougher guys in the in, in this weight division, and he has um, completely dominated over them. So this fight against John Lineker. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy fight, but it's not going to be as dangerous of a fight that um, it might have been a, a year ago or a year and a half ago when John Lineker was still being um, feared in the division, you could say. So, okay, in this fight, if Jimmy Rivera... Okay, first of all, let's talk about Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera, um, he has such fast hands, so he can deliver strikes in such a... Sp- Beatful manner, you could say, and a powerful, uh, powerful manner. So he's such a good striker, and his wrestling is actually pretty good too. But um, you know, he's actually really—he um, has such a high endurance when it comes to fighting. And you know, there's been circumstances that um, he had been poked in the eye, and his retina had been scratched, and so, so many gruesome injuries that he's injured, but uh, he's endured. Uh, but in the end, he's actually come on top and he's actually won those fights through decision. So that's just how tough of a fighter Jimmy Rivera is. You know, it doesn't matter how much he gets injured. He doesn't really give up. It's just not in his nature to give up. So for this reason, this presents such a uh, such a tough challenge to John Lineker, who I just said used to be a very, very dangerous guy in this weight division but right now i mean he's still dangerous but he you know he's had his um ups and downs but he still presents challenges to jimmy rivera so john lineker he too is such a phenomenal striker and um you know he's just kind of really um creative with his strikes so can't really say oh yeah i know that john lineker is just gonna come out like this or that can't really Per, uh, you know, you can't really think about the th- the sort of things that he's going to be uh, presenting you in the fight. So that's something that is really interesting about John Lineker. So in this fight, I would say, actually, okay, so just looking at numbers right now. So Jimmy Rivera, he's only had one loss in his entire professional career. And um, he's had 21 wins in his professional career. And that's actually a lot of wins, especially when it comes to professional MMA. And for John Lineker, he's had 30 wins. But he, you know, on the other hand, he's had eight losses, which is kind of a lot. But oh, well, I mean, let's not give him any grief for that, right? And so, you know, just comparing numbers, again, my gut tells me that, um, Jimmy Rivera is going to have a higher chance of um, winning this fight. And, um, you know, again, you might say, but that's just your gut feeling. Like, do you have any evidence to back that up? And just like I said, yes, because Jimmy Rivera has had um, a lot more success um, in his past uh, in his past few fights. In his recent fights, he's been completely dominating over his opponents. And for John Lineker, just like I said, he's had his ups and downs and, you know, he's been winning and he's been losing, especially in his, for his uh, recent fights. So, yeah, I will have to go with um, Jimmy Rivera in this fight. And, um, you know, in terms of a prediction, I guess, I, mm, 
yeah, I think this fight would actually go to a decision. So it will actually last the entire three rounds, and um, it will go to a decision in favor of Jimmy Rivera. That's how I'm feeling. But again, that doesn't mean that my predictions are always right. I mean, we've seen, I mean, the MMA math never works out, almost never works out. So even though I'm giving you a prediction, and um, I actually backed it up with, uh, you know, I try my best to back it up with so much logic and whatnot, but... Okay, you already know, if you're an MMA fan, you already know the MMA math doesn't always work out. So you still have to actually tune into this fight, to this entire fight card, and see what actually goes down, okay? So yeah, that's my prediction, Jimmy Rivera decision. Okay, moving on. So this is going to be the co-main event of the evening. So this fight, man, I actually really like the fact that, okay, before we get started with that, I really like the fact that um, we don't know, like, uh, just like I said, we don't know which fights are going to be for for pre- preliminary and which fights are going to be on the main card. So I just really like the fact that we only have three main fights to break down, but I have so much time to actually talk about them uh, just in so much detail and depth. So I really like that. Yeah, I just want to point that out. What else? Okay, so yeah, coming back to this fight, to this co-main event fight. So we have, ooh, this fight is going to be amazing because this is a fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov. So Khabib is actually making a comeback, y'all. And he's fighting, ooh, a really tough challenger. He's going to be fighting Edson Barbosa. So let me just give you a brief background um, about Khabib Nurmagomedov. So, um, okay, Khabib, he is such a phenomenal wrestler, but that is not it. But let me just talk about, talk a little bit about his wrestling. His wrestling is so good. He's been wrestling ever since he was a tiny kid. And uh, as a matter of fact, okay, there is some evidence out there. There are some videos out there that Khabib used to wrestle with bears in Russia. Okay, I'm not kidding right now. There is evidence out there. Just go on YouTube. Just search Khabib Nurmagomedov, young kid, wrestling bear. And <laughs> that would actually show up. I'm not even kidding. He would actually wrestle with bears when he was like seven years old. And um, that's just crazy to me. I don't know if you can actually comprehend this, y'all. But this guy used to wrestle with bears with them. Um, freaking half a half a ton of <laughs> i don't know like okay like really heavy wears would actually wrestle with them so i'm just gonna keep it there and also you know he's um crossed over to mma now and he is actually undefeated right now he has had 24 wins looking for his 25th one and he's had no losses and he's currently the number two contender in the lightweight division at the 155 division so Khabib, you know, I talked about his wrestling and how great that is, but his um, striking too is also pretty good. As a matter of fact, in in um, one of the past few fights that he's had, he he had outstruck a a guy who had been notorious for having a good striking. So even though he's a wrestler, even though Khabib is a wrestler, should not underestimate his striking abilities. And um, yeah, definitely I would say that is one thing for Edson Barboza to watch out for. So again, talking about Khabib. So Khabib was actually supposed to be fighting Tony Ferguson, the now um, interim um, uh, lightweight champion. So Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov were supposed to be fighting each other, actually. But unfortunately, Khabib, as he was trying to make weight for 155 pounds, he uh, allegedly, according to his teammates, um, his liver just shut down. 
as he was trying to make weights and he had to be um, transported to a hospital to a nearby hospital and um, he couldn't be medically cleared to fight Tony Ferguson on fight nights and um, I think it feels so long ever since the last time that Nurmagomedov actually fought in the octagon so yeah, I can't actually remember when was the last time that he fought, but it was a long time ago. But it was about a year ago or, yeah, something like that. But, yeah, because of that health issue, um, he hadn't been fighting for a long time. But right now, he's actually coming back. And hopefully this time around, I mean, he can actually uh, make the weight, but in, in a healthy way. I mean, we don't, even though as much as we want to see him fight in the octagon again, we don't want him to, you know, almost kill himself to actually try to make weight so hopefully it does it in a in a healthy way and in a good way and so yeah so there is um the background about Khabib Nurmagomedov and now Edson Barboza man Ooh, this guy he he's all he's one of the best strikers in this weight division and the lightweight division but it's not just because of his um hand strikes or his punches that he's so famous um for his striking is actually because of his leg kicks his leg kicks have produced so many freaking knockouts you cannot even imagine he's had so i think he's one of the only guys in the entire organization and the entire ufc that has been able to uh, knock out so many guys out there just by his kicks so that's how good of a kicker you could say edson barbozo is and that definitely presents a lot of challenge to Khabib Nurmagomedov because, to be honest, we haven't really seen Khabib, even though he's had 24 wins on his professional career, we haven't really seen Khabib fight a top-notch striker, a, a, a striker at the same level as Edson Barboza. And um, this fight is definitely going to be really exciting to watch because we don't know how Khabib is going to overcome the challenges that Isim Barboza is going to present to him. And at the same time, again, this is going to be interesting because we haven't really seen, I mean, Isim Barboza, okay, first of all, Isim Barboza's jiu-jitsu is on an average level. He's not the best guy out there. He usually tries to rely on his um, kicking skills and his striking to defend against his opponents. But, you know, we haven't really seen Etan Barboza face a, a guy like Khabib who has such phenomenal wrestling skills. I mean, when you talk about wrestling in the UFC, Khabib Nurmagomedov is the first guy that comes to mind. I, I mean, as of now, in the, in the current roster, Khabib Nurmagomedov is one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. Okay, so again, this is going to be a really interesting fight because both guys um, present their own challenges to their opponents. So just like I said, Khabib's wrestling is kind of problematic for Edson Barboza. And Edson Barboza's um, striking, especially his kicks, are, um, I assume, are going to be really problematic for Khabib. So again, definitely watch this fight. Oh, this fight, I don't know... <laughs> See, because they're both so good, so it's just really hard to tell who's actually going to win this fight. I mean, for a previous fight, it was kind of uh, kind of obvious who was going to win the fight, but again, we don't really know. And for this fight, too, because I really admire both guys, I don't know who to actually root for because they're just both so good. And so, <laughs> okay, here's my prediction. If Khabib doesn't get knocked out by Edson Barboza's kicks then I would say Khabib might... And, and also, if Khabib does not gas out 
And if the fight does go to full distance, if Khabib doesn't gas out and his cardio actually wor <laughs> works well until the very last second of the last round, then I would say Khabib could potentially win through decision. But I cannot see a situation um, in which Khabib Nurmagomedov is going to outstrike Edson Barboza in any way. I cannot see that happening at all. So I would say for Khabib to win this fight, he needs to win through decision and just um, endure uh, all the tough challenges that are coming towards him and just, just uh, be, you know, bear with Edson Barboza. For Edson Barboza, it's just easy. If he if he can actually knock out Khabib Nurmagomedov, then that's the way to go. If he wants to just um, stay in the octagon with him for the entire three rounds, then, you know, it's tough to give the fight to him, especially when it comes to decisions. So those are the ways that I see the fight actually going down. And for this one, I'm sorry, I cannot give you a prediction because... You know, it's just such a tough fight for both guys. So I guess the only way to see what actually does happen is actually just tune in and watch the fight. And now moving on to the main event of the evening. So for the Women's Featherweight Championship of the World, we have Chris Cyborg, the champion, fighting Holly Holm, the former bantamweight champion. So you guys already remember Holly Holm. She defeated, you know, she was the only, she was the first woman to defeat Ronda Rousey. And she got the title from her, the bantamweight title from her. And um, when it first came to defending her title for the first time, um, she lost to Misha Tate. And then the second time she lost. And then the third time she lost. So she had three back to, uh, three consecutive losses, Holly Holm. And then um, she was supposed to be fighting um, Beige Kohea, another contender in the bantamweight division. And she did fight her. And fortunately, she was um, able to make a comeback by winning that fight against Beige Kohea. And now we have uh, Chris Cyborg being the champion, the featherweight champion. She got the title for... This is the first time that Chris Cyborg is actually defending her title against anybody. The first time... The last fight that she had, she got the title for herself. Um, she fought Tanya Evinger and she was completely dominating over her and um, you know it wasn't really a fair fight because Tanya Evinger just you know didn't really look on Chris Cyborg's level and you know especially for this fight too I keep wondering is it gonna be a close fight or is it gonna be a one-way fight because okay just like I said Holly Holm has had three consecutive losses and then for her just for her last fight her recent fight she just won but what do we do about those three losses there's obviously something um something weird in your in your training style or something in your fight camp that you kept doing and it wasn't working but right now you won your last fight but does that mean that okay you're you're back to being good now you're back to being a good fighter now or what so it's just really tough to decide, especially when it comes to Holly Holm. But Holly Holm, before she actually moved to MMA, she used to be a multiple-time boxing champion. And, um, you know, let's, let's just not underestimate her for the losses that she's had. And let's, you know, it's really important for Chris Cyborg to actually take Holly Holm seriously in this fight. And for Chris Cyborg, man, she is one of the toughest MMA fighters uh, women or men that I've ever seen in my entire life and I'm a huge Chris Cyborg fan and I would definitely if he if you don't know who I'm talking about 
Um, just watch a few of her fights. Chris Cyborg hasn't only fought in um, MMA. She has actually had, um, you know, crosses to Muay Thai and uh, professional kickboxing. And even in those field she had been so successful and um, just like I said I consider her one of the best ones out there ever and so in this fight um, it's gonna be a really tough fight because Chris Cyborg uh, not only is a good striker she actually reminds me of Mike Tyson because of how hard and just um, her punches come from such weird angles so she reminds me of Mike Tyson actually in MMA so um, this fight, you know, it's going to be a really tough fight because Holly Holm, she's not really a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu practitioner. So, and all the losses that she's had, um, all, all of those three losses, she has lost through um, submission or just um, decision. But submission is her weakest point. And um, Chris Cyborg, not only is her striking good, her, uh, she's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and also she does Judo so not only is her striking good but also her uh, grappling and wrestling uh, and Jiu-Jitsu um, uh, skills are, all, uh, are also out there you know, at, at a really top level so this fight is going to be really tough for Holly Holm I believe and um, this is even though people are saying oh man this is going to be such a close fight personally I know how good Chris Cyborg is Therefore, because of that, I would say this is not going to be even a close fight. And I would say there's going to be a knockout in this fight. And Chris Cyborg is going to be knocking out Holly Holm. Even though we've never really seen Holly Holm get, actually getting knocked out. But I'm telling you, Chris Cyborg is just that good. And Chris Cyborg is just out there to make some history, man. So, yeah, man, there is that. So, that's all the predictions that we have for UFC 219. And... You guys have a great uh, rest of 2017, I guess. And I will, I will talk to you guys soon for our uh, in our 50th episode. And so, unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for this week. So, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO. And until next time, it's your girl, Jonan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. <laughs>